Coming up, Stranger Things has been announced for Halloween Horror Nights 2023. The event has been extended in Orlando, and we review Today Cafe on this week's episode of the Disunplugged Universal Edition. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Dis Unplugged Universal Edition. I'm your host, Craig Williams, and joining me today will be Rhino, but not until we get to our Today Cafe review. Unfortunately, he's out of town, so that means he's going to miss out on talking about Stranger Things. So because of that, I'll only cover the news today, and then when he gets back, we can have a big, long discussion about its involvement in Halloween Horror Nights. And, you know, there is more news beyond that. I also have to talk about multi-night tickets being available, the event being extended, and like I said, we have a great review for you from Today Cafe. Before we get to any of that, though, I want to remind you this is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel. If you like our content and you want to support us, book a vacation through Dreams Unlimited Travel. It costs you no extra money and you get the support of one of the awesome Dreams Unlimited Travel agents. So head over to dreamsunlimitedtravel.com for a free no-obligation quote. Stranger Things. Very, very exciting. It has been announced that it will be returning to Halloween Horror Nights. It's not the first time the event has featured Stranger Things. It's happened twice before. The first time around, it was focusing on Season 1. And then, the next time, it was focusing on Seasons 2 and 3. So, if you can't figure it out this time around, it's going to focus on Season 4. That means all the favorites will be here. Vecna's going to be part of the house. Eddie's going to be part of the house. It's going to be a lot of fun, hopefully. But let's go over what Universal has to say about this brand new Stranger Things house. This year's petrifying haunted house will once again transport guests to Hawkins, Indiana, where they will encounter the newest supernatural villain, Vecna, who is hell-bent on obliterating the volatile barrier between the eerie upside-down and the real world in an attempt to reign supreme. The Stranger Things haunted house mirrors the mind-bending twists and supernatural terror of Season 4, immersing guests in a heart-pounding experience alongside valiant characters from the series, including Eleven, Max, Eddie, and more. Guests will find themselves on the front line of Vecna's deadly attacks on the citizens of Hawkins while traveling through iconic scenes, including the notorious Hawkins Lab, the enigmatic Creel House, and Vecna's chilling mindscape. Along the way, guests will confront their deepest fears and come face-to-face with otherworldly creatures like Demobats and even Vecna himself. In a race against the clock, guests find themselves in the ultimate showdown within Vecna's blood-red mind lair, striving to escape and save mankind from his deadly curse. I believe I have discussed this on the show before, but I am not the biggest fan of Stranger Things Season 4. I personally believe the show peaked at Season 1. That's when it was at its best. I do like Season 3 as well, but Seasons 2 and 4 just didn't do it for me. I think Rhino would completely disagree. I think 4 is his favorite season, and I believe he has said that Season 1 now is nearly unwatchable because the characters have just come so far and developed so much that he doesn't find the first 
season enjoyable anymore, uh, to which I will say he's wrong. And since he's not here, then my word goes. But uh, despite the fact that I don't like season four, I am still very excited for this house because I feel like when Stranger Things is involved with the event, that means Universal Creative well, I don't want to say it this way, but I feel like they have to get a little bit more creative overall. Not that they aren't every year, but Stranger Things is a huge, huge hit for Netflix as well as for the event. And they know that there's going to be a lot of first-timers coming out to see the Stranger Things house. So because of that, I feel like they're really going to have to give it their A-game this year. Like, not even just for Stranger Things, but also with, of course, The Last of Us. That's another big, big home run hitter. And, you know, they they always find a way to to draw in these big IPs, whether it was Stranger Things in the past, the Haunting of Hill House, uh, last year's The Weekend House. You know, they they always get these big names that draw new people into the event that weren't coming before, and they want to hit a home run with all of them. And with Stranger Things, it, I don't think the houses have ever been in like my top three for the event, uh, but. They're always really well done, and I feel like they're always very, very accurate to the show itself, and that's what you want from Halloween Horror Nights. So even if it's all based on a season of a show that I don't really care for, if it's an accurate representation of it, then I am here for it and cannot wait to see what it's like. And just the announcement of it has been entertaining in and of itself because, well, it leaked online a little bit early. So uh, if you were following along on Twitter or probably threads, I know on the Facebook Halloween Horror Nights group, uh, they were talking about it there early because uh, one person captured a commercial that was showing on an on-demand show. And at the end of the commercial, it revealed that Stranger Things was announced for Halloween Horror Nights as well as the date extension. And yeah, at that point, you know, Universal hadn't officially announced the house yet. So we were just kind of sitting and waiting and eventually they delivered. But, you know, it, it happened multiple ways because they didn't announce the date extension uh, while that was part of that commercial. It was also showing up on the multi-night tickets, which are now available. So we should probably talk about that. Uh, all of the multi-night tickets that have been around before are coming back, the Russian Fear Passes, the Frequent Fear Passes, and of course they're going to see a big price increase. But yeah, it's a good thing that they're back, so we don't have to sit around and wait and wonder, will they bring them back this year? Yeah, they are back. Uh, and the, the big clue that the event was getting extended to a whopping 48 nights was because on the multi-night passes, specifically the Ultimate Frequent Fear and the Frequent Fear Plus passes, it was showing that uh, they would be valid on November 1st through 4th. So originally Halloween Horror Nights was scheduled for September 1st through October 31st, but now we're getting an extra amount in November as well, too, that November 1st through the 4th, which super exciting. I don't know how many times they can keep breaking records with the amount of Halloween Horror Nights nights because, well, at some point... You know, they can, they can go into August and start getting in towards the end of August. But the, the characters and the people who are actually running the event, I feel like they will be over-exhausted by the end of the event if they, like, start making the event start earlier and earlier. And you want them to have their, uh, their A-game on for, like, right around Halloween. So I don't want them to, like, burn out. So hopefully, you know, Universal hits a 
it's a point where they're like, you know what? We don't need to set the record breaking numbers anymore with the amount of nights. We're we're happy with what we have. But uh, again, with the multi-night tickets, they did increase in price. Let's go over each one of them. There's the Rush of Fear Pass. That's $179.99 per person plus tax. That's up from $129.99 in 2022. And this gives you access up to the first 18 event nights. And that includes September 1st through the 3rd the 6th through the 10th, 13th to the 17th, and 20th to the 24th, and also includes six months of Peacock at no extra cost. Then there's the Frequent Fear Pass, which is $229.99 per person plus tax. That's up from $179.99 plus tax in 2022. This gives you up to 30 nights of the event every Sunday through Thursday, plus the first weekend. And that I, I could go over all the dates with it, but uh, there's a lot of them there. So again, every Sunday through Thursday night, plus the first weekend. And of course, six months of Peacock at no extra cost. Then there's the Frequent Fear Plus Pass, which is $269.99 per person plus tax. This gives you up to 40 nights of the event. That's every Sunday through Friday event night plus the first and last Saturday nights. And again, a lot of dates. So all Sunday through Friday event nights plus the first and last Saturday event nights. And six months of Peacock at no extra cost. And finally, the Ultimate Frequent Fear Pass, which is $374.99 per person plus tax, up from $324.99 plus tax in 2022. This gives you up to 48 nights every single night of the event, plus free regular parking after 5 p.m. on all event nights, and six months of Peacock at no extra cost. So if you're a fan of Halloween Horror Nights, but you might not have a pass for Universal that includes parking, ultimately the Ultimate Frequent Fear Pass is a great deal because then you don't have to worry about paying for parking every single time you come to the event. It's included. So yeah, you get all those event nights plus parking. That's actually a great value. As much as it is a little bit of a sticker shock, it's a good deal. It really is a good deal. I mean, frequent fear passes and the rush of fear pass in general, they're really good deals. I know they have gone up significantly this year, and it's going to make me rethink which pass I get. Normally, I do the plus, but uh, because of the increase in price, you know, I might have to just settle with losing out on those Friday nights and just stick with the uh, with the regular frequent fear pass. But I, yeah, I didn't do a good job of budgeting this year for the event, so. I'm going to have to make some sacrifices because another thing too, this is all the base pricing. If you want express pass added onto these multi-night tickets, you can have that, but it costs a lot extra uh, because the express pass is valid for every single night that your ticket is valid uh, one time through each of the houses. So a really, really good deal um, if you have a lot of money to spend and you don't like waiting in lines. And I swear every single year I tell myself next year I'm getting express with my with my frequent fear pass because I'm tired of the lines and I never do and I always regret it 
So uh, I, I can't learn from my mistakes this year. Having a new baby is making it very difficult to do something like Halloween Horror Nights in general. I'll probably be with the baby a lot of times at night and won't be able to go to the event as much as I have in the past years. But uh, I, I still have to get some sort of multi-night pass because it truly is the best time to visit Universal Orlando. And I'm going to get in on it. But uh, another thing to mention, too, with multi-night passes, uh, for the first time ever you have to select what night you want your pass to begin on and i have a feeling that that has to do with you know the first night typically selling out of the event and uh it's a way for them to judge how many people are actually going to come to that first event so if they're if they're selling out of just normal tickets and then you know you have all these multi-night ticket holders who are selecting that first night they need to cut that number before it gets way too out of hand and it's a good method to do that and uh so yeah you just have to be accurate with when when you're going to start going and that will help everything out and you know if you're not going on that first night don't select it and then someone else misses out on the chance of being able to go to the event because of it but multi-night tickets here all tickets available we know it's going to be stranger things the last of us chucky still plenty of announcements to come it's halloween season upon us it's coming so quickly and it is very very exciting but with that we are going to move on to our review of today cafe which we filmed live on location at universal studios florida Uh, today cafe is one of my favorite quick service restaurants at the park in general at universal studios florida you know it's right up there with with definitely the leaky cauldron and now minion cafe uh it's we'll see where it stands after we're done eating there maybe maybe it's uh you know not as much in my favor anymore it's it's not it's still it's a great restaurant but uh yeah we also wanted to go there too because you know we we went to blondie's just a little bit of go and we got a lot of flack for <laughs> going to blondie's and only splitting one of their signature sandwiches rather than trying a variety of the menu and giving it a fair review and yeah we can't do that and we shouldn't have done that and blondies as much as it doesn't deserve more it does deserve for us to go back and re-review it at some point so we will but with today cafe we tried to be a little bit more thorough and find a good sandwich option if we didn't feel like blondies was and you know we'll get to Breadbox eventually too but uh with all that being said let's go ahead and check out our review of today cafe We chose to sit outside right as a lightning storm is about to start, but uh, the food has been ordered, and uh, we ordered a couple things under the sandwiches menu, but we also got something under the afternoon treats menu, and that is going to act as our appetizer, and that item is the chicken pesto flatbread. It has a cauliflower crust, pesto ricotta grilled chicken, Brussels sprouts, red peppers, mozzarella, pine nuts, and balsamic glaze. That was all for $15.49. I don't know that there was a ton of the balsamic glaze on it, if any. Um, I At first, I was going to be a little judgy about the, the flatbread, and then I reread the description and saw the cauliflower crust on it, which is actually pretty nice. I like a cauliflower crust pizza. Um, I thought it was okay. Um, it was definitely a really good shareable item, because Greg and I each had two pieces, um, so half and half, and that was more than enough for me. Um, I felt like uh, there was uh, the Brussels sprouts in it were really popped, which I liked, and um, yeah, it's uh, it was okay. It, it was one that I think, um, would I order this item again? I think if we were walking around and we wanted to just stop for a quick bite with a couple friends, we each could have a slice, I think I'd get it again. I don't know how Craig feels about it, but I'll let him tell you. 
I actually agree with you, Rhino. I would definitely eat a slice of this again. I probably wouldn't eat two pieces or a whole thing by myself, but I would definitely try it again as a, a splitting dish with friends. I wasn't disappointed with it. I just was hoping for a little bit more. Like, the ricotta was nice on there, the Brussels sprouts. Like, I felt I felt like I was making a smart and slightly healthier choice, but at the same time, too, it just was missing that flavor punch. Like, I, I, the balsamic glaze, if that would have been on there in full force, I feel like that would have taken this to the very next level. Uh, the, you know, the, the cauliflower crust, I, I didn't read that on the menu description either. So it was kind of like a surprise to me in that I cook cauliflower pizzas at home. And it's like, this kind of feels like the texture of a cauliflower crust but i don't think it is and so yeah it, it was so surprise us i was happy about that uh the only other thing i'll say is like the chicken was just kind of in big chunks maybe like shredding the chicken would make it a little bit more pleasant to eat maybe the chicken wouldn't fall off because the ingredients were kind of falling off for me uh, i did like that there was a little added texture with the pine nuts on there so it wasn't a home run for me but I would be willing to try it again. For my main choice, I went with the Park Avenue Avocado Toast, which is $12.49. That is described as smashed avocados, toasted cashews, shaved fennel, roasted tomato puree, lemon vinaigrette, arugula, radicchio, toasted uh, artisan French bread with fresh fruit. But we decided, uh, Craig made an executive decision for me and went with the side of the potato salad, which I really appreciated. Um, the potato salad was okay. I, I genuinely liked it. Um, there was a couple pieces where I feel like maybe the potato wasn't roasted all the way through, so the skin was leaving like a little bit of a weird... It was just like a weird textural thing, but I would get it again. So I, I, I do recommend the potato salad. Um, as far as the Park Avenue avocado toast, I don't think I would get that again. Um, it was missing a couple of ingredients. There wasn't any fennel. There wasn't any um, t roasted tomato puree on it. And it was not smashed avocado. It, to me, at least, it didn't feel like smashed avocado. It, and, like, I tried to scrape it off and try it separately. It was more like their theme park guacamole, um, you know, which is one thing. But it had a very, like, sort of bitter taste to it. Um, so that was a little more unexpected. I mean, the presentation was beautiful. It looked like a wonderful piece. Um, at first, I was going to say, like, I don't know, the price, twelve fifty, But then, like, you know, avocado toast, I feel like, is one of those things. And my friend also told me the same thing about a charcuterie board. Like, it's really one of those items where the, the restaurant is making bank because of people like me who always order them, even though they have, like, no overhead. <laughs> or they have a lot of overhead. I don't know what overhead is, so I shouldn't have used that word. Um, but there's a, they make a lot of money on it. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not unhappy that I tried it, but I definitely would not get that again. So I, I, I can't recommend that item. Rhino made my choice very easy for me because I was coming into this review thinking maybe I want to try the avocado toast, but I do know that he loves avocado toast, so I should have expected him to, to want to try that. And of course he did. He did let me have a little bit of it, and it was pretty disappointing that it had that bitter flavor to it. It's not what you want. When there's a fresh avocado that's seasoned properly and you put that on toast, it's just one of those sublime meals. And that wasn't it. But my meal was fortunately an absolute home run. I got the Carnegie Rhino. That's what I got. It's hot piled high pastrami, Swiss cheese, deli mustard, 
toasted rye served with potato salad for $14.49. You also have the option to switch to fruit, and I chose the fruit since Rhino was getting the potato salad, and we've been eating so much lately, and like just terrible food, so... The fruit actually did feel like a little bit of a reset for me, which was nice. Uh, the fruit had strawberries in there, pineapple, blueberries. Uh, the the fruit was extremely flavorful, so I really enjoyed that as a side. For the pastrami sandwich itself, I mean, it is a deli staple, and I have been craving one for so long. It's been a while since I've been up in New York and gotten a proper pastrami sandwich and this one did the trick it will hold me over and you know i expect that from today cafe which is going for that new york deli approach to it today cafe named after the today show so yeah it's just got new york through its blood uh the pastrami just it it was warm and it's salty exactly like you want pastrami to be uh the mustard was plentiful on there so it cut through for people who hate swiss cheese you know i know sometimes that'll throw them off on like a pastrami sandwich a reuben uh this was not the case uh the the cheese just added that slight little hint of funk to it without being overwhelming and the toasted rye just sealed the deal because the sandwich is about the bread and this was awesome bread uh next time i'm in the mood for a pastrami sandwich i'm coming back immediately and getting this one overall the experience today is not my best experience i've had here um i am a fan of the today cafe because i feel like it's a great place for some grab and go options some shareable options um and i do appreciate that you can get like sandwiches in here because sometimes you know whether you've been at a theme park all day or repeatedly or something like that sometimes you just want a sandwich like a good sandwich and Although I did not get a good sandwich today, um, I like I, I still stand by what I said about the flatbread, and um, I, I I know service was very slow today, so I don't know what was going on in here, um, but I would still say this is a place worth stopping by if you're walking in and you're like, oh, you know what, we could grab something here on the way out, or you're at Halloween Horror Nights. This is off, oftentimes is one of the locations that it is still open for food and stuff, so um, it's it's still a good a good solid option for me so i would say i would return and i would recommend it i still have to think a little bit longer about where this restaurant stands for me in terms of universal's quick service dining you know minion cafe is definitely serving up some good stuff and leaky cauldron of course is one of the best options you can find in this park so today cafe is still going to sit in the top three for me Uh, i'm not sure if i would put it over either of those two maybe minion cafe for me i I still don't know if i'm 100 percent sold on it but uh, regardless, I don't think you could go wrong with any three of those restaurants if you are eating here. You know, stay away from Mel's, uh, stay away from Louis. It's not bad food. If it's what you're really in the mood for, go for it. But uh, you do have three solid quick service options in this park right now. Finnegan's never seems to let you down in a big way either. Uh, there's there's some decent dining here in Universal Studios Florida, and I'm definitely walking away from this experience pretty happy i I, again i cannot wait to come back and get this sandwich it just it was what i needed today it was that salty pick me up that will get me through the rest of my day and you know in terms of price it's it's theme park prices so 
we can't complain too much about it. But uh, to recap again, my sandwich was fourteen forty nine. The flatbread fifteen forty nine. Rhino's avocado toast twelve forty nine. After using our annual pass holder discount, our total came out to thirty eight dollars and forty five cents, which I think we got an excessive amount of food for that price. Uh, I think it was definitely fair. Yes, of course, you can always find cheaper options off property, but if you're looking for sandwiches, come here. Don't go to Blondie's. Yes, I know, we need to go back to Blondie's and get other things other than one Dagwood and Split. Uh, But yeah, this is just superior. This is done on just a higher level, same way as bread boxes out in City Walk. Good sandwiches can be found at Universal. Universal is good sandwiches but uh yeah i'm very happy so that's going to do it for this week's episode of the dis unplugged universal edition i hope you enjoyed it if you did and you want to support us more book a vacation through dreams unlimited travel get a free no obligation quote today at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com if you're watching this on youtube subscribe to the channel leave comments questions video suggestions in the comment section and if you are listening to this subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and if you can leave us a positive rating and review please take the time to do so But thank you so much, everyone out there, for taking the time to listen or watch this. Uh, We truly appreciate it. We're doing it for you. So I hope you got something out of it, and it helped you plan your next Universal vacation a whole lot better. But that's it for this episode of the Diz Unplugged Universal Edition. We'll see you again next week with another one. Remember, we still haven't changed the name. Bye.